Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. Today's episode is dedicated to the members of the Pooch Parenting Society. Every week, my members get to ask any questions that they have about parenting kids and dogs or about raising dogs in general. And last week, one of my members asked me a really important question. And in fact, as a dog trainer, this is something I think about all the time. So I thought that I would share my answer with her with all of you. What she wanted to know was what I would do differently if I got another puppy or dog. Well, I do hope to get another puppy at some point, possibly in the next six months or so, maybe in the next year. And I have a lot to consider about when I do it, what I get, and how I behave as the guardian or owner of my new baby dog. Now, many of you who have followed me for a while know that my young Border Terrier, Pippin, is struggling with separation anxiety. This is something that has plagued us from day one, and I definitely want to make sure that I don't struggle with this again when I get another dog. So this is going to be one of my number one priorities with my new baby, And I'm going to spend a lot of energy practicing helping that new dog to feel safe and happy and comfortable when left alone. Now, this is not something that you do right away. And it's not something that you do for long periods of time right at the beginning. So the way that I would start with this is I would have puppy contained somewhere safe where it can't make a mistake like chew my shoes or eat my carpet and so that might look like a pen for example in a in a puffy puppy safe zone in the house and I would leave to go outside and get the mail and then come back and then I would go take a shower and then come back and by building brief absences over time maybe increasing the duration a little bit on some of the absences maybe reducing duration on some of them the puppy can learn that I always come back and that they will be safe and comfortable even though I'm gone so that was my number one thing that I wanted to say is that I really want to work on creating a dog that has comfort because if I'm totally 100% honest with all of you I do feel like Pippin can be a bit of a ball and chain sometimes. And I struggle with the limits that his separation issues put on my life. I don't feel like I can just leave and go out to dinner. 
you know, COVID aside, of course, or go meet a friend without him. So I find that I'm arranging my life in such a way that Pippin can either come with me or that people come to my house instead so that he is not put in a position where he feels really uncomfortable or stressed out. Now, the good news is, and I want you all to know, I'm not just resigning to my fate of having a ball and chain. And I have been working on his separation issues and, and helping him be more relaxed in different circumstances. But I am now working with a veterinary behaviorist who will be helping me with some behavior modification um, plans and medications to help him be more comfortable as he learns that he is safe with me leaving. So this is going to be a long process and I'm sure that I will share the experience with you in more detail. Now there are a couple things if if and when I get my new baby dog that I will do the same as what I did with Pippin and with the dogs that I foster which is that I will socialize them in a variety of different ways. Socializing dogs is one of my most favorite things to do. And I think that the work that I have done while raising a service dog for a year and raising Pippin, who is now a therapy dog, um, has demonstrated that um, the dogs that I work with are adequately socialized most of the time. So socialization is not just meeting a bunch of people and hoping for the best, right? We don't want to sort of prescribe to the old-fashioned strategy of meet 100 people in 100 days because that's really overwhelming and puts so much pressure on you and on your dog. But what I would rather see people do is have brief, positive experiences with lots of different things. So socializing doesn't just mean meeting a bunch of dogs and people. It means smelling new smells, walking on different textures, going to new places, maybe from the safety of the back of a car. Maybe I could open the trunk of my car so the dog could see out, or I could just roll the windows down so that they hear the sounds of children playing, or the sound of shopping carts being pushed around a parking lot outside of a grocery store or Home Depot. And then eventually, if my dog is comfortable and vaccinated to an appropriate degree, go into places like Home Depot where my dogs can see people wearing uniforms and see wood and building supplies and hear all the funky sounds that happen in places like that. I think it's really great to give dogs positive experiences. Now, if you have a baby dog that's a small breed dog, you can carry them or wear them in a sling or baby carrier or even a backpack so the dog can be with you, feel really safe. You can hand them treats uh, to help build positive associations and give them a really good experience while they're out in the world. But again, I keep these things brief and I make sure that they always end on a positive note. And I would rather see you end a session sooner than you think because then the dog won't be overwhelmed at the end of the day. So for me, I also really consider the personality of the dog that I'm going to get, uh, the parents of the dog that I'm going to get. I know that next time I'm going to be really careful to know that there are no anxiety issues in any of the parents or grandparents of my new puppy. So this involves talking to the breeder um, in depth and being really careful about not 
taking a puppy just because I'm so excited to get a new puppy. And just because a baby dog is cute doesn't mean that I will be able to work through some of the genetic or epigenetic components that that dog comes preloaded with. Now, I can certainly give the dog a lot of great experiences, but the learning environment that I provide my new baby dog with is only one piece of who my dog is and who my dog is going to become. I can't deny that my dog is preloaded with genetic information, and that comes from a variety of inputs, including possibly the hundreds of years that went into this breed in particular and what the dog was bred to do in the first place. So I need to remember that, that puppies are not clay, they're not blank slates, and they come with a variety of uh, traits that are fairly common. Now that's not to say that every terrier will be a digger, right? Or that every terrier terrier will be a big barker. But dogs do definitely have trends that come with what they were bred to do. So I'm using a different breeder for my next dog and I'm being very careful and I'm communicating with him very carefully about what I want, what I don't want. I really am looking for a dog who has emotional stability and um, confidence so that we can be a great team moving forward and and going out into the world, hopefully doing more therapy work, etc. So in summary with my new dog, what will I do differently? Well, I'm definitely going to work a lot on helping my dog be confident, being left alone, and socializing my dog in really positive and varied ways so that he or she becomes confident out in the world with people, with dogs, with wildlife, and in a variety of different circumstances. So I hope this was helpful. Again, this is a question that came from one of the members of the Pooch Parenting Society, which is my membership for parents with dogs. I hope you will consider joining us. It's an incredible group of people, and I offer a lot of relief to the stressful experience of parenting kids and dogs at the same time. Sending you all love. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Take care. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on the podcast app of your choice. For ongoing support, get on the waitlist for the Pooch Parenting Society, where I share training tips, activities, and coaching so families with dogs can live in harmony. By signing up at safekidsanddogs.com, you'll be the first to know when I open registration again for new members.